This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Thursday. What's up, Warlord? Notice you are on Twitch and your comment is showing up. That was infuriating last night. I'm glad it worked itself out. We have Twitch back tonight. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that, Warlord. So apparently Joe Biden actually met with scholars as he was coming into office about the moment in time that he was going to be taking office. And they compared it to the moment right before the Civil War. Uh, I think a right-wing nut job today thought perhaps he was going to be part of the setting off of the Civil War. There was an armed standoff at the FBI office in Cincinnati, I believe it was. I do believe that's our top story tonight. Though I, I, I have... Um, yesterday, was as I was preparing for the show... It was not a story that I put on the list, but I saw the story of a house in Indiana that exploded. And I saw the pictures of the aftermath, and I I actually was talking to the housemate, like, come in here and see this big... This house doesn't exist anymore. Well, we have the video now. We have the video of the house exploding. We're going we're gonna to watch that tonight, because I'm... The, the sick bastard that I am. I'm into that kind of shit. Three people are dead after that house explosion. I, you know, your your first thought is gas. Yes, Ray, the Twitch is working tonight. Welcome, Ray. Welcome, Dustin. Freaking! I'm so, I'm so glad Twitch uh, chat works tonight. Glad to see RB, Warlord, love all of you. I I have some, some hilarious stories to talk about when it comes to old Donnie boy Trump. Apparently, uh, paranoia is rampant in Trump. War, or, blah, blah, blah. Let me try that again. Paranoia is rampant in Trump world. The According to Mick Mulvaney, who was on CNN, the tipster had to be close to Trump, someone who worked with him daily, because Mulvaney didn't even know there was a safe there. Trump was apparently caught off guard by Merrick Garland's announcement today. He held a press conference where they announced that they wanted to unseal the warrant. And it would seem that Trump world doesn't want the warrant unsealed. Perhaps there is some damning information contained inside of the warrant. Here's your meme for the day. A YouGov survey has ranked the greatest threats to world peace. Coming in last is Chinese President Xi Jinping. Affectionately known as Winnie the Pooh. Something a mole would say. Dustin, you're right. 
I didn't know there was a safe there is something a mole would say. Uh, tied for uh, third place, Ayatollah Khomeini and Russian President Vladimir Putin with 8%. North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un comes in at 17%. And according to this YouGov survey, runaway results here. White women are the greatest threat to the to world peace with 41% of the vote. <laughs> this cracked me up. <laughs> Where the white women at? Is that racist if I say that? Is that racist if I... That's Chris Tucker, right? Is that... Is it racist of me to mock Chris Tucker saying where the white women at? Was it racist of him to say that? Who cares? We're not woke moralists around here. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Dustin, I'm sure your sister is a lovely lady. Not come in here and do any sister bashing now. Watch out. Watch out, RB. Oh, it's for Blazing Saddles. I'm like, Chris Tucker. Oh, my God. It's for Blazing Saddles. What a what a stupid fuck I am. <laughs> oh, it's Mel Brooks. It's going to be a long night, guys. It's going to be a long night. What is up, Ida? Good evening. I love all of you people. I had to do a voiceover about Andrew fucking Tate. Like they 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 wanted it expediently. I don't know how I feel about it. I almost, uh, I almost said if it's positive, I don't want to do it. I almost, it was kind of positive. I left, I left one of the, like the most positive lines out though. I didn't record it. <laughs> if you frequently use social media, there's a reasonable probability that you've seen videos posted by Andrew Tate on your feed in the most recent days. The Taint himself, Bergen. Good evening. On TikTok and Instagram features him, and he has consequently become one of the most omnipresent faces on the app. He has also become one of the most controversial faces on social media. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning, and I was really, really stoned. Not my best work, that's for sure. <laughs> Fuck Andrew Taint. I like that, Andrew Taint. I didn't know who he was. Did not know who he was until I saw the clip of Hassan. That was the first time I knew who Andrew and now like I can't fucking it's like Jordan Peterson. I didn't know who that motherfucker was until maybe like the Vice story they did on him or a little bit before that. And just as soon as I found out who 
that's what it, I, I was on a Facebook thread and uh, I was like, who's getting canceled? And they're like, have you heard of Jordan Peterson? <laughs> and then from there on, it was just a deluge of Jordan Peterson. Like, oh my God, the dam broke and I found out who Jordan Peterson was. Now, like, I see the clip, the, the Hassan clip of him putting him in his place and and Andrew Tate pouting and shit. That went viral and I, that that is what how Andrew Tate got in my orbit and now I've seen him everywhere. Do not sign up for Hustlers University. I think in the script I had to read, uh, it said... 50,000 people had signed up at at 49.99 a pop. Boy howdy. He hustled you right out of 50 bucks. You you got scammed. Holy shit, Andrew Tate. Are we going to have to Are there people that don't know who Andrew Tate is? Emery Andrew Tate III is an American-British former kickboxer and internet personality. Following his kickboxing career, Tate made a move to influencer marketing, subject to controversy due to misogynistic statements on topics such as sexual assault that resulted in a Twitter ban. The son of a chess player, Emery Tate, Tate has been at the center of legal investigations involving human trafficking and rape charges. So just a, a completely savory individual. Who runs a MLM, a multi-level marketing scam, called Hustler University. Which, according to the script I had to read today, has 50,000 subscribers at $49.99 a pop. And uh, I find that... uh, I find that absurd. I doubt it's that many. Why are so many British Muslims getting seduced by Andrew Tate? I didn't know that was a thing. You're not a millionaire if you cook. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, sell my data. Not available in my region, unfortunately. I'm trying, I'm trying. This is posted a day ago. Women, women don't respect men with no hoes. Bro, look look a girl look a girl in the eyes and you fuck her, tell her you're gonna cheat. Meatcakes! Oh my god! Oh my god! It worked! It worked! I can't believe Stream Elements works. Thank you, Meatcake, for the sub. For being a freaking subby. <laughs> They don't respect a man. They don't respect a man with no hoes. She goes on it. She was like, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. You don't got no hoes. I don't want that nigga anyway. You know, no, no hoes, no me. No, no woman wants. She like, like, no hoes, no me. No woman wants the man that no other woman wants. So that is true. So women try this idea of, well, I want a man that I know all the women want, but then he doesn't want them back. And that, that, that ain't real. 
right? So the guys, they're angry. So, so this, this is Andrew Tate. Admitted, he put himself in the position where he had no power and he got abused. And my point is this. When I said that the idea of being with one woman forever is going to be torturous, I'm not even talking about the fact that I don't get sexual variety. I'm talking about the fact that I cannot see myself five years down the line being in a position of power within my own life and household. I want a position of power. If someone breaks, bro, if, I, if I'm walking down Yes, the- yes, you are insecure little man baby. And I end up getting a fucking manslaughter charge, for example. I don't want her fucking with you to jump on a new dick and I'm going to sell. No, I need I need to have a position of power and control. And I need to know she's loyal to me for life. That's what I want. That's what I enjoy. I want to walk in the house and say dinner. So complete toxic masculinity. Do not be this dude. This dude is a piece of shit. That's Andrew Tate. Let's go to the news. And that breaking news, a wild change. This is our top story today. An armed man tries to breach FBI office, leading to shots fired and a standoff. I believe this was updated in the last couple of hours. And shootout that started with a man trying to get into the local FBI I'm office. not high enough for this shit. I'm Ashley Kirkland. And I'm Cherie Pillow. So investigators say this all started with the guy firing a nail gun at law enforcement inside. It was just a nail gun? Facility where the visitors come in. We have live team coverage for you as several law enforcement agencies from the federal, state, and local uh, levels are all involved here. Now, again, this all started at the FBI office in Sycamore Township when officials say that suspect tried to get in with a gun. That started then a chase along 71. Yeah, that's a, remember, this is a very fluid situation. This this happened earlier today. So, like, I'm not exactly sure when this news report was published. I think it is within the last couple of hours. I don't have an exact time. It was today. Through Warren County, ending right now in Clinton County. And we begin with WLWT News 5's Karen Johnson. At clearly, it's local to where, where it actually happened. On the investigation, Karen. Hey guys, that's right. I am at the staging area. I am on the other side of I-71 from where this scene is unfolding. I do expect we'll be getting an update uh, very shortly from either the Clinton County Emergency Management Agency or the Ohio State Highway Patrol. Because in the last hour or so, there has been a lot of activity. It's a Karen in the wild. Interactivity, which I'm not going to report until we have some kind of confirmation. We do know the Dayton Bomb Squad, though, arrived on scene about uh, two hours ago. What I can tell you is this did start down in Cincinnati at the FBI field office around 9.15 this morning. And my colleague Brian Hamrick will have more details on those specific details. But there was a man, according to authorities, who tried to break into the field office. That guy took off. He went up 71 into Warren County. Now, at the Warren County, once he was in Warren County, there is a rest stop area. That's when the Ohio State Highway Patrol says they spotted the car, started following the vehicle, Police say the suspect then turned around, fired at troopers who were following him, led them into Clinton County. There was a little bit of pursuit here eventually at the intersection of State Route 73, 308. Around that area is when the suspect got out of the vehicle. There's a cornfield there. Area went on lockdown. And for the last several hours, actually all day, there has been an active standoff. 
And the last update we got was about an hour, an hour and a half ago, saying there was an active standoff. They were telling people in the area to be vigilant. They had eyes on the suspect, but we do know. I believe he has died. Uh... Let's get the... Yes, police killed gunman who tried to enter Cincinnati FBI office. So let's... Let me pull up the, like, actual live updates. The local news hit is far more informative than anything else we're going to get. But it's also... I think it's from, like, the 5 o'clock news or maybe their 4 o'clock newscast. Uh, So this was updated eight minutes ago in the New York Times. Police killed gunman who tried to breach Cincinnati FBI office, officials say. Authorities said the man was wearing body armor and fled to Clinton County, Ohio, where he hid in a cornfield after exchanging gunfire with police and refused to to surrender. So she was not aware of the resolution when she is reporting on this. But he is indeed dead, killed by authorities. No, he was armed. Uh, but again, in the last hour, we started hearing uh, some activity on the scanners. So we are. Dustin, it believe, it, it's, it, from what I can gather from the news report, it seems he used a nail gun inside the FBI office, but exchanged gunfire with police. But once again, this is a fluid situation. Expecting an update shortly, uh, and as soon as we get an update here at the staging area, we'll make sure to pass it along to you. Reporting live in Clinton County, Karen Johnson, WLWT News 5. Karen, I know all of this information still coming in. You mentioned there uh, at the very... Projectile man. Projectile man. Projectile man. That area are wanting to be able to get into their homes, get into their businesses, or leave their businesses. Are you getting word that maybe they have this guy in custody or anything like that? He did. You know, uh, Sheree, uh, what we are hearing he did. is that they were, uh, they were closing in on the suspect. Closing in is the best word. He did. Use, but at this point, we don't know if he's in custody. We don't know if a, a more did. were fired. You know, earlier in the day, there was gunfire exchange when he first got out of his... Just making sure everybody know he did now. That I heard they were closing in on him. But again, we hope to get more information because there was a lockdown. There still is a lockdown within a mile radius of where the situation is unfolding. So I can only imagine the businesses, the people who were told to stay inside, lock their doors, uh, they have to be terrified. So I know that authorities here in Clinton County, they have been <laughs> I'm so- updating the public. Well, I'm like, I feel the need to correct her when she's like, well, we don't know if he's in custody. Well, he did. He did. I know he did. <laughs> And I want you I want you guys like this isn't a one-off story. This isn't this isn't something that we're just going to talk about once and we're going to move on to other stories in the news. This dovetails right into everything we're talking about tonight. Cuz I've I've got a little update on who this man was, what his motivation was and surprise surprise. I think he was upset by a certain law enforcement action that happened earlier this week. I don't think he did. I know he did. I'm sure they will inform us so then we can inform the public. 
All right, Karen Johnson live, and of course we'll check back. And the only good news, at least so far this afternoon, does not look like any agents or any police officers were hurt. In what? The what? Girl of the Gray. Just off of Smith Road there in Clinton. Good to see you. News anchor Curtis Fuller. He's live where that suspect eventually was surrounded. Hi there, Curtis. Yeah, he, he sure was. Hi there, uh, Sheree and Ashley. You know, I just talked to the owner of the farm that this guy is uh, at, and he said there literally are hundreds of armed officers lining the road leading up to his farm. Uh, this guy will not get out of there unless he, he gives himself up. Uh, and and obviously, I think I think I think it wasn't so much that he thought that the Cincinnati office had anything to do with the raid on Trump, or that they had any documents. I think it was just a, you know a, a a general disdain for the FBI, and the dude happened to be in Ohio. And I don't know if you've ever met anybody from Ohio. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if there's somebody from Ohio watching this. I love you. I love you just the same, even though you're from Ohio. But tell me if you're here, and I'll just I'll talk just a little bit slower. <laughs> what? I'm fucking. <laughs> That's not why. What? Why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? Like I'm I'm from <laughs> like the states I've lived in are are worse for education than Ohio. So I have no business. Growing up in Kentucky, lived in Alabama. No, 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 no. I have no business ragging on any other state for being stupid. But yeah, sorry, Ohio sucks. Howdy tones, howdy Mergens. <laughs> RB, maybe, maybe I did that on purpose. Maybe that was a joke just for you. I love you, buddy. I'm sorry you're from Ohio. I uh, I love it when on The Simpsons they're talking about where Springfield is actually located, and uh, I think it's like Marge is like uh, Ohio mod. <laughs> they never actually tell you where Springfield's. Like. I'm sorry, we're off topic again. Dude attacked an FBI office in Ohio for some reason. And then went and hid in a cornfield and had a shootout with police. And now he did. If he shoots toward police uh, and law, other law enforcement, that, that could trigger a, a not a happy ending. I will tell you this, that there has been a lot of activity, and, and you heard Karen reference this. But one thing we can tell you, about maybe 45 minutes ago, uh, we saw a care flight helicopter land. Uh, the uh, owner of that property told me that care flight uh, landed right in his front yard. Uh, he did tell me that the the suspect. Well, they they did they did find him because they shot him. He said he was. I'm not sure how long the standoff lasted. He still has uh, family members on the farm. They're not in any danger whatsoever. He believes. Uh, it's about a three to four hundred acre. Uh, also, I am totally against using police. Uh, I, I'm totally against using dogs in police action. But he was able to give an interesting. It breaks my heart. Puppy shouldn't have to do that shit. Uh, me a photo of 
all the vehicles, all the law enforcement lined up. It is a sight that uh, you rarely see. Uh, he said SWAT is on the ground, and you, you heard Karen talk about uh, Dayton bomb crew also on the scene. So uh, I talked to one officer uh, a little while ago. I think we've about got as much information as we can from the local news hit now. Because this, this goes on for another like six minutes. But uh, allow me to hit you with some information being reported here in like the last hour. According to Mediate, kill the FBI on site. Suspect in FBI attack was reportedly at the Capitol on January 6th and posted threats on Trump's social media network. Law enforcement officials have identified a suspect in Thursday's attack on the FBI field office in Cincinnati and say he was at the Capitol on January 6th. Police say Ricky Schiffer, 42, was shot and killed by law enforcement after a prolonged standoff. The FBI outpost went into lockdown after Schiffer allegedly fired a nail gun into the building, which preceded a highway pursuit. Authorities also said he was armed with an AR-15-style rifle and exchanged gunfire with police. Two law enforcement officials have confirmed to NBC News that Ricky Walter Schiffer, the suspect in the attack on the FBI field office in Cincinnati, is dead. A video posted on Facebook on January 5th, 2021, appears to show Schiffer at a rally in support of then-President Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., New York Times reported the Times further notes that in May of 2021, a Twitter user named Ricky Schiffer claimed he was present at the Capitol on January 6th on Truth Social, Trump's social media platform. A user named Ricky Schiffer made a post threatening the FBI shortly after news broke that the agency executed a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida on Monday. But a friend was telling me about her brother. Uh, apparently, uh, it was going off about Civil War starting, and this was Fort Sumter. Because <laughs> she asked me, she's like, do you know what Fort Sumter is? I'm like, yeah, it's the battle that kicked off Civil War. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I didn't know. Like, I don't really know anything about history. Uh Apparently, her brother was going off on all this bullshit. Talking about the feds can come for you too and stuff. They're trying to start a civil war. People, this is it, the post reads. I hope a call to arms comes from someone better qualified, but if not... This is your call to arms from me. He added, kill the FBI on site and be ready to take down other active enemies of the people of those who try to prevent you from doing it. On that day, a mob of Trump supporters stormed the Capitol's lawmakers, blah, 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 blah. We know all of that. But I mean, don't say that the government wasn't warned all about this and what was what was what was actually happening. We now have a report that says Biden met with historians who warned him about threats to democracy and compared the current moment to the pre-Civil War era. President Joe Biden privately met with a group of historians at the White House. Oh, this was last week. I thought this was earlier on. 
met with a group of historians at the White House last week who warned him about ongoing threats to democracy. Sources familiar with the August 4th meeting, which was said to have lasted nearly two hours, told the outlet that experts describe the current moment as among the most dangerous to democracy in modern history. The people in the meeting were said to have included the Princeton University history professor Sean Willens, University of Virginia history, uh, historian Alita Black, the journalist Ann Applebaum, and the presidential historian Michael Beachless. Beach writers for Biden, including Vinay Reddy and John Meacham, and the White House senior advisor Anita Dunn were also said to have attended. The small group almost exclusively discussed totalitarianism around the world and threats to American democracy. The outlet reported the scholars compared the current state of affairs to the era that preceded the American Civil War, as well as the period before World War II when fascist movements emerged, specifically noting Abraham Lincoln's 1860 election, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's 1940 election. Some of the people associated with the meetings uh, have spoken publicly about threats to democracy. Applebaum, a staff writer at The Atlantic, published a book in 2020 called Twilight of Democracy, The Seductive Lore of Authoritarianism, but the Rise of Right-Wing Populism and Democratic Decline. The White House didn't immediately respond to a request for comment from Insider. The meeting was a step with, uh, was in step with Biden's habit of seeking outside experts to provide guidance on domestic and foreign policy issues. He also met with Bill Clinton in May, If you're meeting with Bill Clinton, please meet with Bill Clinton to do the opposite of whatever the fuck he says. He also met with Bill Clinton in May to discuss inflation and the midterms with a group of foreign policy experts in January when the U.S. anticipated Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Speaking of inflation, we're going to talk all about that here in a little bit. We're doing economic news and uh, we're going to talk about Starbucks Striking in 17 different states. Republicans have been warned to cool it with the fiery rhetoric because more bad news is coming. This is a report from Alternate. Allies of former President Donald Trump have advised members of the Republican Party to cool down their inflammatory rhetoric toward the United States Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation following the execution of a search warrant at Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach, Florida, on Monday. Trump supporters, right-wing pundits, and lawmakers have been whipped into a frenzy. That's an understatement. Over what Trump called a raid by federal agents in pursuit of classified documents removed from the White House during Trump's departure from office. Indications are growing of an ongoing criminal investigation into how, why, and by whom these items ended up inside Trump's property. But according to New York Times correspondent Maggie Haberman, some senior Republicans have been warned by allies of Mr. Trump not to continue to be aggressive in criticizing the Justice Department and the FBI over the matter because it is possible that more damaging information about Mr. Trump related to the search will eventually become public. That report was published shortly after CNN learned that uh, in June, 
The FBI served an earlier grand jury subpoena and took away sensitive national security documents. Ooh. We've got more little juicy details, I promise you. This morning, on Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough went after Newt Gingrich, apparently. Fidelity Show. I'm here for it. Uh, talking about, of course, oh my God. how these people. What the, what the fuck is up with Mika? Uh, thought oh that my God. the FBI should have investigated when classified material was mishandled. Now, some of those same people are making dark, ominous threats. Um, now comparing the FBI to Stalin. Now suggesting uh, that this is a banana republic. Against the wall. We have to go to war against um, against the FBI. These, these people hate law and order. Yeah. I, I thought they were the party of law and order. They, they, they don't believe in the rule of law when it applies to the most powerful. I guess. Very striking. I guess, that that mashup. Now, you know, there, hypocrisy. there's also another striking mashup. I was just reading uh, Pete Weiner, uh, his Atlantic article. Now they're calling Peter Weiner. The quotes in here, Mike Barnacle, are just absolutely. And this is probably this is this morning. They probably don't know that there's already an attack on an FBI office as they're doing this, talking about calls for violence. Uh, I can't even I can't even repeat some of some of what, what what's been said here. But Dinesh D'Souza uh, said the FBI an organization set up to fight organized crime has become the most powerful organized crime syndicate in the world. We need to carry the fight against organized crime to its logical conclusion. Shut down the FBI, prosecute uh, its gang of dangerous criminals. Newt Gingrich suggested the FBI could have planted evidence against Trump. And he said would be better off to think of these people as old. Newt Gingrich, damn you. You know better. Hey, hey, hey. The FBI plants evidence on people. That, I wouldn't put it past them at all. But the FBI doesn't have to plant evidence on Donald Trump because he's guilty as fuck. <laughs> this, this is simply put. They don't have to plant evidence on him. He is literally guilty as fuck. Or otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this. And you have to be guilty as fuck and be flaunting it in order to to receive consequences as a rich and powerful person in this system. You're saying that Americans should think of the FBI as wolves? Of Christopher Ray as wolves of people that you yeah know. yeah 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 just now in 2022 you're discovering Newt Gingrich doesn't have morals oh wait a minute wait a minute Joe Scarborough weren't you in Congress when Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House you guys are probably buddy buddy at one point in time I knew Newt Gingrich didn't have morals back when I was a fucking kid at that time. who protect Americans against criminals, against terrorists. You are taking another cheap shot at law enforcement officers when they don't serve your interest and saying 
We'd be better off to think. But didn't he do it twice? Or was it only one wife that was dying? He's been divorced multiple times. To dominate you? Newt, you say the FBI has, quote, declared war on the American people? The ugly face up there. Chris Ray, a guy that Donald Trump praised as a man of the highest, highest. He appointed him. Fox News. That's what these these right wing assholes uh, like. Like apparently the judge donated like a thousand dollars to Obama, but he also donated like a five hundred dollars to a, a Republican candidate somewhere or some shit. He was appointed. He was appointed by Trump. The judge was appointed by Trump. Christopher Ray appointed by Trump. Oh, oh, could could Nuke get be getting ready to play musical wives again with a dying wife? Fox News hitting the FBI set up Trump. They declare war on us. And now it's game on again. These these are the same people who were panicking. On January the 6th, the same people on January 6th who panicked once the violence that they helped cause began because they followed Donald Trump's lies. And you have Mark Levin. Mm. Mark Levin. Talking about Hillary Clinton and classified material. And now he says it's a Stalinist hunt. I mean, what I, I I can't even use the words that 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 are, are most appropriate there. You you have they're dumb fucks. They're dumb fucks. Is that the words you're looking for? Something I've talked about for a very long time. We have checks and balances. Donald Trump hated those checks and balances. He hated Madisonian democracy. He hated the fact that judges that judges actually could check. Uh, his his illegal actions could push back against his breaking of constitutional norms. Here you have two branches. You've got the, the executive branch and the judicial branch working together. And, and what did they do? They enacted a legal search warrant. And you have all of these freaks. Wasn't even a raid. And people who are trying to cause violence in America. These people who hate... And as I said, as I said, he probably doesn't even know, or it's going on as he's saying that, that an FBI field office is being attacked by a man with a nail gun and an AR-15, apparently. The DOJ stunning everybody earlier today. Merrick Garland's announcement wants to unseal the Trump search warrant. I'm Mike Balsamo. I'm the lead Justice Department reporter for the Associated Press. Just moments ago, we heard from Attorney General Merrick Garland that he had personally authorized a search warrant for former President Donald Trump's estate in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. The Attorney General said the Department of Justice had filed a motion in court in Florida asking a federal judge to unseal documents related to that search, including the warrant itself and a property receipt that would detail the property that was taken from the estate. That document is generally provided Uh, from the FBI to the person who the warrant was served on. The attorney general said a copy of that receipt was provided to former President Trump's uh, attorneys who were there during the search in Florida. And that receipt would also detail exactly what was taken by FBI agents during that search earlier this week. The department filed the motion to make public the warrant and receipt 
in light of the former president's public confirmation of the search, the surrounding circumstances, and the substantial public interest in this matter. The attorney general has faced mounting pressure in the last few days uh, from Republicans and Democrats alike. This response today that we saw from the attorney general uh, did not provide us with additional details about the search itself or the investigation into the records. Uh, what we do know is that the search uh, earlier this week of Mar-a-Lago was related to whether the president had taken presidential records that should have been turned over to the National Archives and possibly classified information, which would be a federal crime. The attorney general also addressed what is becoming a growth. Well, and once again, a federal crime because he made it a federal crime. <laughs> number of threats against federal agents across the country. Uh, this comes just hours after an armed man uh, donning body armor arrived at an FBI field office in Ohio. Uh, that man was engaged in a standoff with police after fleeing from that area. Uh, obviously, the attorney general very concerned about threats against FBI agents, FBI headquarters located just across the street from the Department of Justice headquarters uh, here in Washington, where the attorney general just spoke. Uh, and the attorney general made very clear that the department takes all of these threats seriously and that they are unfounded, that his agents uh, are working and are not politicized. The department is not politicized and they are just working to do their job every day. Apparently Trump was caught off guard by Merrick Garland's announcement today. Donald Trump's inner circle was caught off guard after Attorney General Merrick Garland held a press conference calling Trump's bluff and announcing the Department of Justice would move to unseal the Mar-a-Lago search warrant. Federal Magistrate Judge William Matthewman gave Trump's lawyers until 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday to announce whether they would fight the motion to unseal the documents, which Trump himself could have posted online. For analysis, CNN's Wolf Blitzer interviewed CNN Chief White House Correspondent Caitlin Collins. We want to watch that. Happening now, former President Trump is now responding to the U.S. Justice Department's new move to unseal the warrant used to search his Florida home. The Attorney General of the United States revealing he personally approved the request to retrieve documents from Mar-a-Lago and condemning attacks on the integrity of his department and the FBI. Welcome to our viewers here in the United States and around the world. I'm Wolf Blitzer. You're in the Situation Room. Situation Room's got a hell of a groove. Let's get Rating started. Rookie, what's going on, my friend? Thank you for being a freaking follower. ...the U.S. Justice Department to confer with former President Trump about its request to unseal the search warrant and to tell the court by 3 p.m. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the rules or there are no rules. But here's the thing is like chat, like they uh, they are in total control. So if you come in here and you start being a griefer, the chat will boot you. I'm not going to boot you. I am a total free speech absolutist. But if the chat feels like you're you're being a piece of shit, they're going to kick you out. Cause we got a good, we got a good, we got a good environment going on here. It's pretty chill. Everybody take some rips. Somebody hit the rips for me. I'll do the rips. Fuck you, warlord. Some producer you are. 
I am I am from the United States of America. I am a dumb American. I am a dumb American. America. Fuck yeah, we like our guns. We like our cholesterol high. And we like our school kids gunned down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want Wolf Blitzer. I don't want to talk about Wolf Blitzer. I was kind of interested, but I'm not anymore. The person who tipped off the FBI was apparently close to Trump. This is Mick Mulvaney. This possible FBI tipster would have to be very close to Trump. This journal report that says someone in Trump's orbit. So this is some. Oh, I mean, like. Here's the thing is there's like multiple mass shootings that happened today that I didn't even have a chance to cover just because so much other news is going on because it's just another day in mass shooting USA. Someone with knowledge inside who told the feds that there was additional material at Mar-a-Lago directed them where it should be clearly was concerned enough uh, to tell them this. Uh, information they should have besides those 15 boxes of material they got in the winter. Does that change your mind? Is that now sufficient when you have someone actually aligned with him drawing the attention of the feds to these documents? No, it's certainly worthwhile and it's certainly worth noting. There's no question that it would be valid on getting a search warrant or at least part of getting a search warrant. The other thing the FBI had to establish, however, was that those documents were in imminent risk of being destroyed or removed from the location. Uh, unless they had evidence that, that Trump was directing people to destroy documents. And if he was doing that now, why wasn't he doing that six months ago? Look, uh, yes, you are correct. You guys said on your, on your, your uh, lead-in that Trump has the ability um, to release the warrant. He could do that. He had- what are you going to cancel me for now? What warlord clip me doing now? I am, I am from the United States of America. I am a dumb American. I am a dumb American. America, fuck yeah, we like our guns, we like our cholesterol high, and we like our school kids gunned down. I am, I, I stand behind that. I stand behind what I said. I stand behind what I said. That is not even a cancelable offense. Other than the fact that I talked about school kids getting gunned down. But hey, hey, I I am not pro-gunning down school kids. You guys know what I always say. Uh, remember kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. Oh, do I get do I get into religion? Oh, did you like that? Did you like that one, RB? Milani admits, I call FBI. Fears being buried in golf course. <laughs> I mock all religions. I do. There's this one story about uh, Muhammad, though, where, like, uh, there was a cat asleep on his, on his uh, garment. And he ripped the the arm of his garment off, and just and let the cat continue to sleep. And I thought that was cool. 
Like I mock, I mock your religion, sir, and like I'll, I'll, I'll mock drawings of you and everything. But uh, uh, that that was a cool story that you tore off the arm of your garment as to not wake the cat. These streams. I might have said it wrong again. I think we we will go through this every time. Welcome, my friend. I am going to be on a stream. What's the date on that again? August 21st at 8.30 p.m. It's a Sunday stream, so we're going to do a simulcast. Here with the Troll Patrol. You're going to get about 30 minutes of news, and then I'm going to hop on over with them. For a, for a stoner stream. Because you know I'm not high enough for this shit. The only thing I know about Armenia is what System of a Down has told me. <laughs> uh, uh, the Turks are bad, okay? <laughs> that is that is a horrible way for me to refer to the Armenian genocide. But I got jokes. I got jokes. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sure it's a myth. I'm sure it's a myth, RB. We're we're talking about the Prophet Muhammad here. I'm sure it's a myth. Uh, I, I I might even I might have even read that story in like uh, like a Hitchens book or something. Media winch. Well, we were talking about Donald Trump, but then like we've we've gotten all all off topic now. Media winch is now a freaking subby. Thank you for the resub. Finally, my my stream elements is working for me. Sorry about my ancestors. I'm sorry about your ancestors. I well, I we should cut military support. Patrick's time. What's going on? Oh my God, we've got a we've got a Trumper in here. The judge was appointed by Trump. Get over it. He was connected to Jeffrey Epstein. So was Trump. So was so was Alex Azar that was in the Trump administration. <laughs> Fucking give me a break. Fucking he's like you want to talk about being connected to uh Jeffrey Epstein. Here, here, look at this one. This is Charlie Kirk tweeting out how many of the perverts whose names are written in Jeffrey Epstein's black book have had their homes raided by the FBI since the Ghislaine Maxwell trial concluded. I like little Benny Pooh's reply here who said at least one and tweeted out a picture of Trump with his arm around Jeffrey Epstein. Well, yeah, if you want to argue with me, somebody call in. 917-830-4359. Or you can hop in the Discord. 
in the debate freaking channel. Just tell me you're in there and I will hop in with you. Do I say it funny? Is that not how it's said? Is it not Ghislaine? Oh shit. I love that command. My chat is so awesome. You guys are taking over and adding adding several quality of life improvements to the stream and I appreciate it. Amnestic doing a lot of work over in the Discord. Where is, where is Media Winch? Oh, there she is. Well, I mean, like, there's speculation, right? There's speculation. Melania admits, I call FBI. Trump would have every bit of oversight over his appointment, Patrick's. Every bit. Every bit. I don't think you know how anything works. This is my problem with right-wingers. Is like none of you have any idea how anything fucking works. Right-wingers are morons. Oh, a magistrate judge is appointed by a majority vote of active, active district judges. So it's not a federal judgeship. Fair enough, if that's true. I still, I don't give a shit, Patrick. I don't give a shit about your idiotic critique. Like, once, once, once again, like, you can't come in here and say he was somehow connected to Epstein on behalf of Trump, who I just showed you a picture of his arm fucking around Epstein. You stupid fuck. This is why I call right-wingers morons. Absolute fucking idiots. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? What am I wrong about, Patrick's? Come on, call in. I don't I don't enjoy see, there are people listening to this as just the audio, so it's not as fun unless you call in. And if you don't call in, I'm gonna move the fuck on. But 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 Hunter Biden. You know you know he would hit that note eventually. You know he would hit that note eventually. If you if you grow some balls, give us a call. Did I rhyme that? Is that close? I might I might have to work uh, workshop that one. Workshop that one. If you grow some balls, give us. A, if you grow a ball, give us a call. No, it don't work. Paranoia is gripping parts of Trump world after insider apparently squealed to the FBI. New report from Politico claims that paranoia is gripping parts of former President Donald Trump's inner circle after an insider apparently spilled the beans about classified documents being stashed away at Mar-a-Lago. According to Politico, Trump allies have bandied about theories that 
that the FBI doctored evidence to support its search warrant and then planted some incriminating materials and recording devices at Mar-a-Lago for good measure. I can tell you all of us agree this is corrupt. Longtime Trump ally Michael Caputo tells Politico, many people in Trump world agree with me that this is theater and this is designed to damage the president. This is designed to damage Republicans in the midterms and it is designed to advance the interests of the Democratic Party. And you know what? They completely failed. In addition to paranoia about what the FBI may have done, Trump allies are also worried about reports that a mole within Trump's orbit was squealing to federal law enforcement about the exact locations where he was holding the pilfered classified documents. The FBI this week executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago reportedly because Department of Justice officials had probable cause to believe Trump was illegally housing classified documents. Which is hilarious, given given all the things that he said about Hillary Clinton during the 2016 presidential election. Yes, I've heard the the comparison with libertarians before, just like your cat, convinced of their fierce independence. Oh, do we not have video of Conway? All right, attorney George Conway on Thursday reached out to his followers to come up with potential slogans for former President Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign. So, hey, guys, hey. If any of you uh, come up with any good campaign slogans, throw them down in the chat. Conway got the ball rolling with his own suggestion, which was take the fifth 444 or 440 times and fight a reference to the fact that Trump invoked his fifth amendment rights. I don't think that one's very good. I think my chat could do better. Conway sucks. One of Conway's followers quickly chimed in with a play on former president Ronald Reagan's winning 1984 campaign message. It's suffering again in America. Another follower, meanwhile, suggested to play on one of Trump's own campaign refrains while incorporating the FBI investigation into the former president illegally taking classified documents with him to Mar-a-Lago. Promises made, classified documents kept. That one, that one's the best one thus far. That one's the best thus far. A torn up document in every pot. Like that, that, was, a, that was a Nixon slogan, wasn't it? chicken in every pot Trump 20 to 24 years Uh, a 2024 run could be accurately summed up as a return to abnormalcy okay most of those sucked most of those sucked oh you're you're even trying to send Conway material and it's not getting through to him RB, your your shit is definitely better than than what Conway can come up with. I am I am sad that he is not taking you up on your material you're sending him then. <laughs> oh fucking shit. When we come back from commercial break, is the is the who who who's our troll wannabe troll Patrick's? Will you call in and talk to us? Will you call in and talk to us after the break? 
accused leftists of advocating on behalf of the establishment. No, 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 no. I'm totally down with getting rid of the FBI and, and most law enforcement agencies. I'm still, I'm still taking that position. I'm just reporting on what's happening. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm not advocating anything one way or the other. Other than to say, fucking Trump is guilty. You know that, right? The FBI didn't have to plant evidence or doctor evidence because Trump is guilty as fuck. Everybody knows it. I wish you, I wish you people could feel embarrassment. When we come back from the other side of the break, I hope I'm saying it right. We're going to talk about Langya virus. <laughs> Langya virus. You probably haven't heard of it, but it's infected 30 something people in China. It's not new, apparently, though. It has been around since like 2018, so no need to get too alarmed. We have. Swine flu in West Virginia, several hundred cases of polio possible in New York, according to health officials. The United States reaches a milestone and passes 100K monkeypox cases. And the CDC issues new guidance on COVID. The Ligma virus is, is breaking out. What's Ligma? Ligma balls. <laughs> oh, God, a buffalo. Welcome. I love that guy. Sometimes we get other people on, on DLive popping in, acting all weird. We'll see you on the other side of the break here on the Troll Patrol. Live. It's totally the weekend's version. Oh shit, I didn't pull up another meme. I I owe you guys a beam every time we come back from commercial break. <laughs> Here's your new meme. We've got Brandon Straka sobbing. Shut up, baby dick. <laughs> You live in sexual anarchy? It does kind of look like a stingray. But it, I mean it could it could have been the Susie and the Banshees. You know, this is a happy house. We're happy here. That's that's who the weekend is sampling, but I did use the weekend version, and I think that's why I don't get popped for copyright on it because it doesn't know if it's Susie and the Banshees, it doesn't know if it's mindless self indulgence, it doesn't know if it's the weekend. So I think that's why I don't get popped for copyright on it. So like it's such a badass fucking deal because like I've used several different songs. As like, you know, under, under my, under my shit. I mean, usually I just use 
copyright-free music, but like, there's some shit that I want a certain song on, and I'm partial to, uh, like, I've used a lot of Bjork songs. Like, I've used Army of Me under, like, my YouTube trailer and shit. Right now, I'm using uh, Filter and The Crystal Method. I mean, you, you guys just saw that. I don't know if you recognize the song, but that's Trip Like I Do by Filter and The Crystal Method, which is the thing. Back when I used to mobile DJ, that was the song that I would, like, test my, like, speakers and subs and everything out to. All the fans. I don't blame you. I like a fan going. Shut up, baby dick. That's by the way, that's that's quite possibly my favorite episode of Sunny in Philadelphia. Cicero, welcome. Good evening. That is uh, Frank's pretty woman. <laughs> I love that fucking episode. There's so many quotable lines. I'm a foot guy. <laughs> RB, don't be creepy about Bjork. She's creepy enough as it is on her own. You live in sexual anarchy. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the on the on the stream. Uh this is back like 2018, I was working as, I, I did like AV install, so I had like a 9 to 5 job. It's like one of the very rare times in my life I've had a 9 to 5. I didn't do it for very long. But I'm driving back uh, from work one afternoon. It, like it had to be like summertime because it was like a bright sunny day. I had the windows down and shit. And I'm I'm singing Bjork in my car with the windows down and everything on this little like two lane road and I look over and like this, this girl also has her windows down and she is looking at me like I am fucking crazy because I'm not, I'm not singing like nineties poppy Bjork. Like this is like, I was singing something off one of the last couple of albums. (laughs) Like it's just mainly grunts and flutes and shit. (laughs) So like, I'm just grunting along with Bjork. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. I don't know what she's saying, but I'm I'm like at the top of my lungs grunting it. Oh my god, have you guys ever seen the uh It's like a it's like a weird it's from very early on in the internet. It's this weird gif of like Puff Daddy calling Bjork to work with her. Or maybe it's Kanye calling Bjork. Grunting with Bjork. I love that's a great idea, Media Winch. But like like I I I I read it in Bjork's voice and just everything makes it like she's like uh The grapefruit is hiding. But it is not so clever or some shit like like it's just like stupid shit. <laughs> The grapefruit is hiding, but it is not so clever. 
I'll have to find that. I've always wanted. I've always wanted to take it and redo it and actually do it as like a cartoon and and have somebody do the voiceover as Bjork and shit. Like talking about like when she's sad, she hides in laundry baskets. <laughs> but I love Bjork. I love Bjork. Seriously, I didn't get it, and then I like I dated a girl who was really into Bjork college <laughs> and like watching hours and hours of Bjork and listening to hours and hours of Bjork and be like okay fucking shit she's really fucking good this is deep Bjork's not for everybody though Says you, maybe you, you, have you, have you talked to a grapefruit? Have you gotten a grapefruit's opinion? You don't know how clever the grapefruit is. I don't want to go back to the news. It's, you're going to call me a doomer. It's going to be like 30, 40 minutes of me talking about uh, viruses and outbreaks and pandemics. Warlord's like, news. Patrick's, one of the things that cracks me up is like when people are too stupid to realize the like, you see the people on other platforms, right? One of the, one of the craziest things about, um, one of the crazy only push the official na- yeah because leftists are the official narrative like you're an idiot dude like fucking there's nothing about me that is the official narrative what an idiot okay fine Okay, do you remember back when I conceded that point? I was like, all right, if that's true, fine. You've given up on fresh fruit? The fuck are you... Given up on fresh That's how scurvy happens. Have a little cantaloupe, shall we? 
Okay, my watermelon is overripe. It's over, overripe. My watermelon is overripe. The cantaloupe doesn't seem to be ripe enough. But this isn't the Justin Eats Fruit show. Justin freaking fruit. <laughs> Avenging pineapple, that was my thing. Like, why would he... What information is he taking? It has to be either for blackmail... Or it has to be selling it to a foreign source. That has to, that has to, that's the only thing you can do. I am vaccinated and boosted. But as you can tell, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. And I'm not a dumb fuck like you, so. And fucking watermelon is excellent. I really like cantaloupe, but this cantaloupe is just kind of hard. Like what, Patrick? What is wrong with me? Why don't you call in and tell us? Call in while I'm eating fruit and I'll have my mouth full and you'll talk and I won't interrupt you. TDS is what I call the idiots that still support Trump even though he's guilty as fuck. Trump derangement syndrome indeed. I mean, like, what do you want to name? I mean, collusion isn't a legal term. Right, there's no charge of collusion. She put salt, she put salt on her fruit earlier when she headed off to work. I'm usually not a, a, a salty fruit kind of guy. I like the natural flavors. Hi, Socks. Socks is looking at me like, I want to eat some fruit. No, you don't. How in the fuck did you guys get me talking about fruit? I don't even know, like, is melon a fruit? It's a fruit, right? Or is a vegetable? You want some cantaloupe? You want some cantaloupe, buddy? 
how are you how are you coming to the conclusion that the COVID jab is worse than the virus? You want some cantaloupe? You want to try some cantaloupe? What are you basing that on? Oh my god. That piece, that last piece of watermelon I just had. The juiciest, sweetest piece of watermelon. What fucking data, dude? What data are you talking about? I love a cottage cheese. I can eat cottage cheese just by itself. But I also, I like pears. I like pineapple. You know, VARES isn't reliable, right? Like, anybody can go on there and say any fucking thing about VARES. You know that, right? Will you please call in or get in the Discord? Talking to, talking to you through chat is excruciating. Oh, Media Winch, make whatever the fuck you, you were gonna, that's supposed to do. Yes. Yes, they did, Patrick. And more people were infected in 2021 than they were in 2020. And the majority of the people that died in 2021 were unvaccinated. Huh. I wonder why that is. Ho, ho, ho. I don't know, you're coming in here and you're coming in here and like trying to like state shit at me like I'm not I like I don't do a news show. That was a good piece of cantaloupe. That was a very juicy piece of cantaloupe. Patrick, shut the fuck up. Nobody gives a shit what you're on about. After I finish my my fruit, I'm gonna read you guys the news. I'm gonna get high again. This is a problem with being a stoner that does a stream. You just mentioned fruit, and I'm like, oh, I got some fruit in there. I'm going to run in there and get some fruit. That's some damn good cantaloupe. I'm going back to the other one. I like this one so much. Don't make me go get more watermelon. It'll go watermelon. I'll wager that Patrick is a moron. 
can't quit you, cantaloupe. I can't quit you. I'm tongue fucking the cantaloupe. You live in sexual anarchy. What would you call it when you tongue fuck a cantaloupe? It's the last piece. I'm afraid it's going to be the worst piece, too. I think I think it was like the closest to the rhyme. Who's a pervert? You live in sexual anarchy? Hey, Justin, are you trolling? Who's a pervert? Which chat didn't stop, did it? I'm paranoid after last night. Who said he was the most popular president in history? Nobody did. What's up, Ray? You haven't missed anything. I've just been eating fruit. Meat cakes. Potato dam. You do know that Dan was a professional wrestler, right? Because Bionic Dan Badondi is hilarious. I'm sorry, I've spent the last 15 minutes eating fruit. It happens from time to time. You tried out for Dove Enough, like back in the, in the mid-2000s. Oh, I'm sure Alex Jones did, but I've not seen that. Oh my God, Patrick, you're stupid. Like, you're just, you're really stupid. You understand that, right? Will you please call in and talk to us? I'll let me, I'll let Media Winch have you. You seem like you want to go more in the conspiracy theory route. And if that's true, I'll let Media Winch talk to you. Will you please talk to us? Oh, Media Winch might not be able to join us. Patrick, you're an idiot. 
First of all, your number isn't correct. Second, it wasn't experimental. They've been working on it. Like, I've been following mRNA technology for years. I've known about them working on this shit. Always be doing heathen shit. The the Venn diagram of being a conservative and being a moron is pretty much a circle. Let's talk about the Lengya. I'm probably not saying it. Lengya virus. Identified in China, what scientists know so far. The Hinnipah virus can cause respiratory symptoms and is related to the Nipah and Hendra viruses, but cannot spread easily in people. A new animal virus that can infect people has been identified in eastern China, but scientists say they are not overly concerned because the virus doesn't seem to spread easily between people, nor is it fatal. The virus named Lengia Hinnipavirus can cause respiratory symptoms such as fever, cough, and fatigue, and is closely related to two other Hinnipaviruses known to infect people, Hendravirus and Nipavirus. These also cause respiratory infections and can be fatal. Researchers think Lei V is carried by shrews, which might have infected people directly or through an interme- intermediate animal. The virus was described in the New England Journal of Medicine on August 4th. Researchers say Lei V has infected only 35 people since 2018. The nipple virus. You live in sexual anarchy. The nurse comes in and says that. It has only infected 35 people since 2018, and none of the cases seem to be linked. There is no particular need to worry about this, but ongoing surveillance is critical, says Edward Holmes, an evolutionary virologist at the University of Sydney in Australia. Regularly testing people and animals for emerging viruses is important to understand the risk of zoonotic diseases. Those can be transmitted from other animals to humans, he says. Large outbreaks of infectious diseases typically take off after a lot of false starts, says Emily Gurley, an infectious disease epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. We are actively looking for those sparks, then we are in a much better position to stop or to find something early. The blaming of the shrews! RB, that's hilarious. The monkeypox is indeed coming for you. We're not to the monkeypox yet. The U.S. has reached a grim milestone in... uh, Not grim. Grim is not the right word. West Virginia finds swine flu at county fair. Yay! Sorry, let me back it up a little bit for you guys. There we go. West Virginia has reported swine influenza and pigs at the Jackson County Fair. The state AG Department and Department of Health and Human Resources responded on July 29th 
to reports of pigs with respiratory symptoms and fever at the fair in western West Virginia. We do have one one confirmed uh, human case. Tests came back as presumptive positives and have been forwarded to the USDA's vet lab in Iowa for confirmation. The county health department is also looking into several reports of people developing flu-like symptoms after working closely with the pigs. One human has been listed with a presumptive positive case of swine flu, and the sample will be forwarded to the CDC for confirmation. Yay! Meanwhile, meanwhile, this one is is one of the real kickers. CDC official says several hundred polio cases are likely circulating in New York. An official from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said on Thursday that a polio case detected in New York last month, the first confirmed U.S. case in nearly a decade, could very well be an indication of several hundred cases within that community. But sex for life. You live in sexual anarchy? Fucking in the butt, fucking in the butt, fucking in the butt. I like to fuck the shit out of you. In late July, a 20-year-old man from New York's Rock, Rockland County was found to have developed symptoms of polio, including paralysis. The man was unvaccinated, and no other cases have been identified thus far. Rockland I assume, like, most of us are, like, my mom's generation was, like, the last generation to be vaccinated for polio, I, I, I think. I'm unvaccinated for polio. Wish we get smaller every time you play. Did I? Did I Photoshop it or did I not Photoshop it? Is that... You live in sexual anarchy? Is that that his real face? Jose Romero, director of the CDC's National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases told CNN the one case detected last month could be just the very, very tip of the iceberg. Rip, Justin, what'd I do this time? I ain't got the monkeypox yet. Over in London, they're actually being smart and they're going to start offering polio vaccination to kids. London kids to be offered polio vaccine boosters amid fears of a virus comeback. Every child in London, in London, in London, every child in London. That should be, that should be a song. British pop folk, every child in London, every child in London, ages one to nine, it should be offered a booster shot of the polio vaccine. UK health authorities have said as doctors warn that polio threatens to make a comeback. The British Health Security Agency said Tuesday it had detected polio viruses from sewage water in eight of the UK uh, capital's 13 boroughs. 13. 32. I am not high enough for this shit. 
What what <laughs> what is Patrick saying is is causing the polio outbreak? I saw something about the sedan. <laughs> Curious or earlier they got me really off track and they said something about fruit and I ended up running in there and getting some cantaloupe and some watermelon. U.S. health officials say that polio is unlikely to spread. The detection of polio virus in wastewater samples in London and New York is providing another stark reminder of the importance of vaccination and new forms of surveillance, public health experts say. A pandemic-weary public already facing the uncontrolled spread of COVID-19 and monkeypox is feeling jittery about the resurgence of a dreaded disease that was thought to be largely eradicated. But experts say the U.S. is highly protected from the widespread transmission of polio, at least in areas that are highly vaccinated. That's a huge caveat. And also... I want to point out that U.S. health officials also said they thought that the monkeypox outbreak was going to be contained within a, a week, and it's it's not it's not at all. If you're an unvaccinated person living in Rockland or Orange County, where sewage is showing there's polio in it, I would be concerned to get vaccinated. Aaron Glatt, infectious disease chief at Mount Sinai South Nassau, told Axios. Glatt and several other experts interviewed by Axios said those current on their shots have little reason to be concerned. About 93% of children in the U.S. are vaccinated against polio by their second birthday and received nearly fully protect, full protection per the CDC. Oh, so they still are giving polio vaccines. Okay, cool. Polio. Polio. Coolio. Well, it's definitely not Coolio. We're not going on a fantastic voyage here. More like spending most of our lives living in a gangster's paradise that they call late-stage capitalism. Ooh, see what I did there? Boom. U.S. monkeypox cases surpassed 10,000. Remember I said U.S. health officials... Dr. Scott Gottlieb was also... U.S. health officials said that uh, monkeypox was going to be under control. More than 10,000 Americans have now tested positive in the monkeypox outbreak across the U.S., according to figures published late Wednesday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. As federal health officials say, they are still racing to contain the virus. Cases have been reported in every state but Wyoming. Well, they ain't having no butt sex in Wyoming. While 15 states in the District of Columbia have reported more than 100 cases, the largest numbers are in New York, California, and Florida. No U.S. deaths have been uh, reported so far. Out of the 12 monkeypox fatalities the World Health Organization has tallied so far this year, health officials say the virus is mostly spreading through close Interactions between men who have sex with men, either through direct skin-to-skin contact or shared linens like towels and bedding. But it's getting ready to uh, get your schools. Kids are going back to school all this week. Meanwhile, uh, while the monkeypox is going to spread like wildfire, so is the COVID. 
The CDC issuing completely new guidance about COVID. News this hour about the coronavirus pandemic. Within the past few minutes, the CDC has officially issued new guidance for Americans exposed to COVID. The agency is now saying because of the country's vast immunity, it's no longer necessary to quarantine if you've been exposed to someone with the virus. Big news. And it's all good on you, Ray. I'm all about it. 27 states are actually seeing a decline in cases in just the last two weeks. Only only four states have seen cases go up. Additionally, deaths are down by nearly 4% within the same time frame. Leading us off this hour is NBC News medical reporter Erica Edwards and NBC News medical fellow Dr. Akshay Sile. So, Erica, let's start with you. Walk us through this new guidance announced today and why the CDC decided to do this right now. Hey, good afternoon. So the answer to the question of why now is the easiest, and that is the vast majority of Americans, 95% of us now have some for this shit. to COVID-19, whether it's through vaccination or prior infection or both. Now, the biggest takeaway, as you mentioned, has to do with both, to do both. an exposure to COVID-19. Let's take a look at some of the details. Uh, CDC no longer recommends quarantining after an exposure unless you're in a high-risk congregate setting, like a jail, nursing home, or homeless shelter. Schools, however, are not such a high risk place and therefore, you know, kids no longer have to quarantine, meaning they can stay in school. Now, if you do have an exposure instead of quarantining, the CDC now says simply where it doesn't seem like a good idea to me yourself on day five after that exposure. Sinclair. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Concerns here, right? Because we're already hearing them from parents, from just anyone. The pandemic literally turned the world upside down. And now we're saying people exposed to COVID do not need to quarantine. So what's the message from health officials about some of these concerns and what feels like mixed messaging to many? Mm, yeah, that's a good point. So the shift in um, yeah. has to do with a change in strategy, if you will, uh, moving away from preventing all cases to preventing the most severe outcomes, the most severe illness when it comes to COVID-19. And health officials say that it's basically saying you're on your own to uh, to get back to normal, to, to accept some kind of risk. This is a lot like how we handle the flu every year. Minimize your risk, but only shut down schools in case of a severe outbreak. Sinkly. And important news is we're on the cusp of the new school year. So, Erica Edwards, thank you for breaking that down. Now, let's bring in NBC News medical fellow Akshay Sayal. Thank you so much, doctor, for being here. So what do you make of the CDC's new announcement? Well, so as Erica said, I think this guidance is very timely. You know, we're heading into the new school year. And as we've learned, 95 percent of the population has some sort of immunity, uh, whether that's acquired naturally, whether that's vaccination. There is that protection against severe disease. So I think this is really the CDC saying or recognizing the importance of getting kids back in the classroom and keeping them there. You know, we've we've seen that kids don't learn as well when they're remotely. They don't interact with their friends. They don't go to basketball practice, whatever it is. I think it's the CDC really stressing the importance of that. And, you know, during this pandemic, we've also seen waves and surges. Are you concerned with this new guidance, especially as we're coming up on the fall and the winter? If we see a surge, might it feed into that? Well, all of the epidemiologists and the experts I've talked to, you know, they're expecting this virus to be a seasonal virus, meaning that every fall and winter we may see a surge regardless of whether or not this guidance happened. As we all gather indoors, Thanksgiving parties, you know, whatever it is. And so I think... You know, that may happen and we'll address that should it happen if there's a new variant. But I think, you know, a future fall surge shouldn't prevent this guidance from happening today. And if that does, if that surge does happen, then we can address that going forward. Mm, So sort of taking a living approach to this very living virus. Dr. Sile, thank you so much. Thanks.
Thanks for watching. You're on your own, fuckers. Deal with it. That's it. That's that's what the CDC is saying. By the way, I follow several epidemiologists on on Twitter. Which, once again, like that's probably a biased sampling on my part. But like, they're all like mocking the CDC for its guidance. Here's a smoky. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Oh, he left me. Nuts. Let's go to the economy. It's the economy, stupid. I promise you guys we're going to do financial news tonight. Republicans are outraged at Joe Biden for accurately describing the economy. This is a report from Slate. Um, along with critical race theory, wokeness, the deep state, and other recent conservative obsessions, it appears we can now add the basic language of economics to the list of things Republicans have decided to go to war on. Boy, howdy. Take the latest round of inflation statistics. On Wednesday morning, the U.S. got its first bit of truly good news about the rising cost of living. The Consumer Price Index, which has been surging in recent months, remained essentially flat in July. That was largely thanks to tumbling gas prices, which canceled out rising costs elsewhere. Technically, the index actually declined a tiny amount, but the change rounded to zero. Core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy uh, energy prices, and is watched closely by economists in the markets, rose at a 3.8% annual rate, its lowest reading since September of 2021. At a White House press conference, President Joe Biden unsurprisingly took a moment to celebrate the welcome reprieve. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. He said, 0%. Here's what that means. While the price of some things went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result... Zero inflation last month. Biden then added a slightly wonky flourish, noting that core inflation rose at its slowest rate in several months. This is the clip. Today, I want to say a word about the news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had zero percent inflation in the month of July, 0%. Here's what that means. While the price of some things go up, went up last month, the price of other things went down by the same amount. The result, zero inflation last month. But people are still hurting, but zero inflation last month. Economists look at a measure of inflation that ignores food and energy prices, and they call it core inflation. That's about the lowest amount in several years, several months. When you couple that with last week's booming jobs report of 528,000 jobs created last month and 3.5% unemployment, it underscores the kind of economy we've been building. We're seeing a stronger labor market where jobs are booming and Americans are working. And we're seeing some signs that inflation may be getting to moderate. That's what happens when you build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out. I am glad he brought up the jobs report. Let's go and take a look at the little caveat. The bombshell in the July jobs report. We're reading from Counterpunch here. Last Friday, August 5th, U.S. jobs report for July 2022. 
surprised even mainstream economists who had forecast a 250,000 increase in jobs created in the US, uh, in the official U.S. Labor Department monthly jobs report for the period ending mid-July. The numbers came in at 5,280,000. Fucking, I am fuck. What is up with me and reading numbers tonight? Am I having a stroke? No, because I see the number. I'm just not reading it correctly. 528,000 in the CES large corporation survey for the month. The unexpected large increase in jobs was jumped on by Biden administration and business sources alike who had been arguing publicly in preceding weeks that the U.S. economy was not in a recession. How could it be a recession when the jobs market was so robust? The argument went. Never mind the fact that U.S. economy measured in GDP terms contracted by uh, less than or negative one point six percent in the first quarter of 2022, followed by another point nine percent contraction in the second quarter for a combined first half. January through June decline of negative one point three percent. That was just a technical recession, not a real one, uh, the recession deniers argued. The real declaration of a recession remains with the group of politically well-connected professional economists from elite universities who are a member of the quasi-official NBER, the National Bureau of Economic Research. They're the ones who literally are tasked with declaring a recession. They say we were not. It is they who decide whether a recession has occurred in months after it is virtually over. The NBER experts are yet to say it's a recession. The NBER looks at more than just GDP, and that includes employment, and jobs are being created at a rate of 528,000 this past month. Of course, this argument ignores the fact that jobs are notoriously what's called a lagging indicator, and job decline on average begins six months or later after a recession commences. It also ignores the further fact that whenever GDP has contracted two consecutive months as recently in all the past U.S. recessions, it has been followed by the NBER, also declaring well after the fact that a recession has occurred, except for one instance, I'm sorry. They are, they are not telling you that. Uh, if you go to the NBER website, uh, they will point out the instances in which uh, they have been uh, two consecutive quarters of negative growth, and they have not declared a recession. And even a time where there wasn't two uh, quarters of negative growth, and they re- declared a recession. But there's a deeper problem in the view that relies on the last jobs report to argue that there's no recession yet. Notwithstanding the first half GDP contraction in the U.S., the problem is last week's jobs numbers showing 528,000 new jobs may not be accurate. And even if it's assumed that large corporations created 528,000 jobs, as indicated in the CES survey of the report, the second survey in the report shows something quite the opposite. That's the CPS or household survey, the second survey that makes up the monthly jobs report. There's a bombshell in the CPS survey that neither the Biden administration, the media, and most mainstream economists are conveniently ignoring or else aren't capable of understanding. Here's the basic uh, contradiction in last week's jobs report for July. The CES survey, which is based on about 550,000 larger enterprises reporting to the Labor Department every month, indicated the new 528,000 new jobs created in its B1 table. But the second survey, the CPS, 
sometimes called the household survey, is obtained by the labor department doing a phone survey of fifty to 60,000 households every month, asking them if they're working. If unemployment, if out of a job, if, if they're still looking for one, when was the last time they actively searched for a job, etc. The household survey determines the unemployment rate. However, like the CES establishment survey, the CPS survey also determines a monthly level of total employment in the economy. The CPS survey reveals something quite different, even contradictory to the 528,000 jobs gained in July in the CES survey. Uh, the CPS's table A8 shows a decline in total non-agricultural jobs from June to July of 112,000. Moreover, the CPS total employment numbers show an even further fall in total employment since May of 2022. Once again, it's hard to actually determine what the fuck is going on. <laughs> But I'm hyper-focused on financials right now because something's getting ready to happen. And I saw somebody, I think they accurately described it as a capital strike. Look at those markets. All of them are up, though. Market surge after U.S. inflation data has skeptics warning it's overdone. The cooler-than-expected U.S. inflation reading for July is a positive sign that has buoyed risk risk assets, but some investors may be getting a little ahead of themselves, according to analysts. Well, here's a Smokey again. Are you coming? RB says, we don't mind if I do. I don't know where I put my... Oh, there it is. I've still got Smokey under me. He just doesn't want to come up here. He doesn't want to say hi to you people. He's the mascot for the channel and everything. The rally that sent the S&P 500 to a three-month high in the NASDAQ 100 more than 20% above its June bottom was fueled by bets that the Federal Reserve may turn less hawkish on interest rate hikes. Yet market observers caution that policymakers will want to see months more of evidence that price gains are slowing before they change their view. European stocks gave up most of an initial advance Thursday after surging to the two highest months following the CPI report. U.S. futures were also off their high for the session. Stonks go up. Yes, Ida. That's basically all there is to it. Rich people make money. Stonks go up. Let's hear for some rich people. The doomers that say inflation numbers next week are actually going to disappoint. But hey, they were also really wrong about the jobs uh, report. Possibly. All right, well, despite two encouraging inflation reports this week, our next guest warns a disappointing batch of consumer data is, head, is ahead. Mark Zandi is the chief economist at Moody's Analytics. Mark, great to speak with you He's again. sitting on my... A lot of housing data next week. As Julie had just mentioned, housing is a very sticky go. part of inflation that doesn't go, go down so easily as, as easily as goods prices. And so what, how do you assess the, the consumer right now? Uh, good. Uh, hanging in there, doing their part. 
you know, they're not spending with abandon, but they're spending at a pace that's consistent with kind of pre-pandemic spending rates. They're shifting their spending, though, and that's why, you know, the numbers we might get next week on retail are going to look soft because people are not buying stuff, which is what they were buying during the teeth of the pandemic when we were all sheltering in place. And now they're out traveling and going to ball games and restaurants. So they're just shifting their spending. So, you know, depending on which part of the retail elephant you touch, you're going to get a different perspective. But if you took a take a look at the elephant, it's it's okay. It's fine. It's enough to keep the economy moving forward. And the economy is 73 percent driven by people effectively buying things. And I get it. And I understand the data lately has been more encouraging. I think people feel a little more optimistic. But, you know, winter's going to be here before you know it. Energy prices, I think, are continue to soar. Despite the fact that wage growth is there, people are still losing uh, with an eight and a half percent inflation print. Does the consumer get scared in the fall? And are we just sort of whistling past the graveyard, as Danny Moses said on Tuesday night? <laughs> well, you know, if inflation stays where it is, it's eight point five percent CPI inflation through July. But if it stays there, we got a problem because uh, you're right. Wages are rising five, six percent at most. So that means real uh, wages after inflation is declining. It's cutting into people's purchasing power. Now they wait. This is interesting. The states with the highest inflation percentage change from a year ago are all red states: Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, South Carolina, Idaho. Wages after inflation is declining. The states with the lowest inflation percent changes uh, up against a year ago are all blue states. New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey, Rhode Island. Is there something to that? Now, I mean, is, is that that big of a change? Is 3%, New York at 6, 6.9% inflation versus uh, what was... Oklahoma had, oh, fucking shit. Oklahoma had 9.9. Right. So 3%. 5%, 6% at most. So that means real uh, wages after inflation is declining. It's cutting into people's purchasing power. Now, they can manage that for a while because they have a lot of extra savings they built up during the pandemic because they were sheltering in place and not spending or got a lot of government support. So that helps tide them over. But they can't do that forever. So we do need to see inflation moderate. And that's why... These inflation statistics we got on Wednesday and today are really very encouraging because they signal that we've seen a peak in inflation and inflation's heading in the right direction. But it has to continue to moderate. Or otherwise, you're right. By Christmas, uh, we're going to have a, a, a problem. Hey, Marcus, Jeff Mills. Uh, quick question just relative to sort of this good news is bad news scenario. You know, how do you view what's going on in the labor market? Obviously, good news kind of underpins some of the fundamentals of the economy. But then to your point about inflation, it may embolden the Fed, maybe makes them think they haven't done enough. So, oh, you I want a socks? We've got a socks up here with us. Obviously, the market. Hi, socks. Well, you know, I'm, I'm more of a good news kind of guy. I like jobs and creating jobs uh, he's got his socks on important. and the uh, strong job numbers we got in july just well, he really didn't want to be up here economy is, and that it can take Sorry, a lot buddy. the pandemic the russian invasion these are massive supply shocks it's, it's, it's amazing our economy is still standing after suffering these two shocks and the, the labor market is testimonial to that now job growth needs to slow uh, i mean unemployment's three and a half percent we can't see that go any lower otherwise wage and price pressures are going to develop and the Fed's going to have to respond to that. 
But I think they'll get their way. And in this coming week, we'll see the reason why. We'll see the softer retail numbers. And most importantly, we'll see those those weaker housing statistics. That's the most rate sensitive. Yeah, housing is going down yet again. And uh, I think we'll, we'll get a second. It's a good thing. The shit needs to, needs to hit an equilibrium. And fuck Mark Andy of Moody's. I love Mark's work. I follow him along. I don't. Fuck Mark. The economists still think we're headed for a recession, though, because I think, like, once again, it's a capital strike. They're going to try to force it on us. U.S. economy still faces the risk of a severe recession, despite the strong jobs report as bonds flash warnings, says L. Erion. Yeah, we heard this dude talk the other day, didn't we? The U.S. economy still faces the risk of a severe recession. The renowned economist wrote in the Financial Times that the positive data created an impression among some investors and analysts that the U.S. will avoid a recession with stocks and corporate bonds already pricing in that optimistic view. While I very much hope this view is correct, I believe it is too early to declare the recession watch over, something that the government bond market seems more attuned to. The July data also doesn't rule out the possibility that if a recession occurs... It would be short and shallow, he said. He added that the jobs report contained some warning signs besides the strong gain in payrolls, pointing to the declining labor participation rate, and other readings show job openings are falling and jobless claims are rising. I think what it really is, I think what it really fucking is, is they are worried about the power of labor in the current market. Starbucks workers hold strikes in at least 17 states amid a union drive. Workers allege over 75 people have been fired in retaliation for organizing this year. Workers at Starbucks have held over 55 different strikes in at least 17 states in the U.S. in recent months over the company's aggressive opposition to a wave of unionization. Did someone say heathen? Mandy is here. Welcome, Mandy. You live in sexual anarchy? According to an estimate by Starbucks Workers United, the strikes have cost Starbucks over $375,000 in lost revenue. The union created a $1 million strike fund in June of 2022 to support Starbucks workers through their strikes, and several relief funds have been established for strikes and to support workers who have lost their jobs. Here is the Act Blue link. To support the workers at Starbucks. Yeah, they they only cost them pocket change. You're right, Ray. Based on what Starbucks takes in. Starbucks employees have alleged over 75 workers have been fired in retaliation for union organizing this year. And hundreds of allegations of misconduct by Starbucks related to the union campaign are currently under review at the National Labor Relations Board, including claims of shutting down stores to bust unions, firing workers, and intimidating and threatening workers for unionizing. Starbucks has denied all allegations. More than 200 
More than 200 Starbucks stores around the U.S. have won their union votes, with dozens dozens of stores currently waiting for their election votes. Over 200. Under over 200. Were you were you going to see Rage Against the Machine, Warlord? that why you're upset? I would be upset if I was you as well. Let's watch this Vox piece on the fall and rise of unions. This is a, this is a question and answer with viewers. This is Queso, and Beans does not like to be picked up. Oh, Beans is big. This is Beans. Beans is big. Beans is awesome. This is not this is not your animal video. He lives in Indiana with his high school sweetheart, and he sent us this question about unions. How come we've seen such a decline in unionization in the U.S. and specifically why the unions from manufacturing? Have you been hacked, Mandy? Services. Here's what he's talking about. The share of workers in the U.S. who belong to a labor union, like I do, has fallen to around 10 percent. If you take out the government employees, it's six percent. And have you ever been part of a union? It sounds like you haven't. No, I haven't. What got me interested in the question was just the recent news, especially around Starbucks. Starbucks. Oh, there you are. I mean, you you kept saying someone said heathen. 30, 100. 200 Starbucks locations. Voted in favor of joining a union so far. I was worried about you. Maybe you were having a stroke. I thought I was having a stroke earlier. And if we can make sense of the historical decline, we might understand what it would take to reverse it. Well, I mean, like it was a union-busting campaign by Ronald Reagan in the 80s. And the first one that popped into my head was, did union density decline in other countries too? And the answer is yes, Yes. meaning that some of the decline reflects international trends. What happened was that as these economies grew over time, globalization and automation steered job growth away. Oh, you're cool, Mandy. I love your face. Instead, it went mostly into service-providing jobs where unions weren't well-established. All new workplaces in the U.S. are born non-union. So when you chart the total number of union members in the U.S. against the huge growth in the workforce, it looks less like the unions collapsed than that the economy kind of grew outside of them. There's a new paper out by an economist named Zachary Schaller, and it estimates that around 40% of the decline in union elections in the U.S. can be explained by this growth and change across sectors. I mean, that makes sense. Found that union elections fell within sectors too, which means that most of the decline was caused by something else, something that explains how we ended up with even lower union membership than other similar countries, like Canada. Cam, check out this chart. It compares uh, union membership in the U.S. to that of our neighbor up north. Okay, so this graph is really interesting. Um, the U.S.'s union density peaked way earlier than I thought it did way back in the 1950s. I thought that was in the 80s. Oh, and also this paper has a similar chart that just shows the private sector data, so I'll drop that in here too. The steepest drops in private sector union density came in the 80s, but it was already falling by then, which made me wonder. What triggered these steep declines that started in the 1970s? I can hear you, but I can't... I mean, Reagan was the culmination of of that push against populism. ...period, you know, the 50s and 60s. There was a sense American capitalism works. 
unions are functional to a kind of consumer society. Free enterprise. There was a smear campaign against unions. Have given the American worker the highest standard of living in the world. I mean, everyone's going to have a, a suburban house and a Chevy in the driveway, and that led to that led to this kind of uh, stolid complacency. Unions negotiated some solid wages and benefits during the economic boom after World War II. Their main uh, weight was in the building trades and manufacturing, and frankly, you know, they saw, you know, what is the typical worker? Well, it's a, some white male, you know, Midwestern manufacturing. Uh, I, there, there was a kind of, you know, sexism. Well, we don't need to organize these retail clerks. They're all, you know, women. They're just there for pin money or something. So, sure, that that yes, one can. Sexism and racism played a role in the downfall of the union, especially then. If the process of forming a union is like hiking up a hill, and the slope of that hill is set by economic conditions, you'd want to make a push when the unemployment rate is low, because going into the 1970s, that hill got a lot steeper. Inflation went through the roof, unemployment jumped, imports were cutting into industrial profits, and employers respond to these pressures with an anti-union assault. They moved factories to the south to avoid union labor. You see an increase in companies hiring anti-union consulting firms and permanently replacing striking workers. And this strategy gets a boost from Ronald Reagan in 1981. This morning at 7 a.m., the union representing those who man America's air traffic control facilities called a strike. Technically, federal employees aren't allowed to strike, but that hadn't been enforced before. Well, after the union refused a counteroffer, Reagan fired 11,000 striking workers. There just is no other choice. It, it was a signal. It was a signal. It was the first time the federal government had had been behind the destruction of a union uh, for many decades. And every manager in the country said, ah, we can, we can do things we couldn't do before. Which leads me to ask, what role has government policy played in the union decline? Here's the process established by U.S. law. First, at least 30% of workers at a shop need to sign a petition saying they want a union. At this point, their employer can voluntarily recognize them like Vox Media did. Otherwise, they go to a secret ballot election. If a majority of voters says yes, the employer is now obligated to bargain with the union. But they are not obligated to ever agree on a contract. For those that do, it takes on average 409 days, according to Bloomberg Law. I called up sociologist Barry Eidlin to find out how this is different in Canada. If you don't have a contract by the end of the year in most parts of Canada, then the um, negotiations get referred to an arbitrator who can then impose an agreement. That doesn't actually get used a lot, but the fa- Yeah, Patrick, you're upset about capitalism. We talk about that all the time. You're upset about capitalism. Capitalism. That's, that's, that's your problem. The fact that that's the end point completely shifts the incentive structure. U.S. policy allows plenty of opportunities for delay. In Canada, the time between the petition and the election is limited to 5 to 10 days. In the U.S., it takes 46 days on average. During that time, supervisors can pull workers into mandatory meetings advising them to vote no. That's all legal. Firing workers for organizing is not. Coming out of college, one of my first jobs was as a manager in a warehouse. And I got to see a little bit of what the anti-union kind of talk was all about uh, when someone uh, that was hourly just mentioned it. And the general manager pulled us into one of the operations manager's offices. It's really small, really crammed. 
we're all standing up and he just says if anyone says can i like curse because he cursed are you fine yeah he said it (laughs) you you gotta love how idiots blame socialism for capitalism (laughs) like it's the like it's the dumbest fucking argument it's socialism for the rich no, this is capitalism. This is just this is just capitalism. The capitalists bought the government. The capitalists run everything. The capitalists are to blame. You're a stupid fuck. Okay, cool. What are you going to do about it? The answer the answer is socialism. Yep, fascism is the result of capitalism, I hate to tell you. Like, just the the end result of capitalism is fascism. Like, you fucks did it. (laughs) Yes, there you go, Bergen. Exactly, The, the merger of the state and corporation. The problem is the oligarchs owning our government. The solution is socialism. It's so wild that they blame socialism for the shit that is like it's capitalism so you're upset about capitalism what's wrong with you people you gotta create other boogeymen how does public ownership of the means of production create more centralized power within the elite you stupid fuck you don't even know what the word socialism means do you you fucking idiot I wish you could feel embarrassment Dumbest fucks walking the planet. You keep saying too big to fail doesn't exist in cap. The fuck are you talking about, you stupid fuck? Hitler was a socialist. My God. I'm a big fan of democracy. You're right, Merkin. Big, big fan. That's why. That's why I'm a, I'm a big fan of unions. That's why I'm a big fan of co-ops. I think worker co-ops are the way of the future. Employees should have the opportunity to to buy uh, companies. More power in the hands of people. I am always down with more power in the hands of people. That's the way I like it. Is the way I get down on it. All right, I got a couple. Like, these stories don't go together. These pieces of video are just video you need to see today. Uh, Beto was at a town hall or some shit. This is a Greg Abbott supporter came and heckled him, and Beto laid the fuck into him. I've not watched this yet, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. 11 weeks 
since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me, okay? since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat legally purchased by an 18 year old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17 but followed the law that's on the books ladies and gentlemen that says that you can buy not one you could buy two or more if you want to ar-15s hundreds of rounds of ammunition and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me, okay? I, there is, there is a palpable disdain among people I think it's very possible Beto can win in Texas. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, it's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to take a hell of a lot of door knocking. It's going to take a ground game. But he can pull it off. He has the name recognition to do it. Beto is Soros funded. Motherfucker, we're all Soros funded over here. Soros told us to say everything I've been saying. Every single fucking thing. Soros told me to say it, dude. Fuck off. What an idiot. Now, a house in Indiana. I'm going to I'm going to hit the content. Ooh, ooh. I didn't get a chance to hit the content warning. This is a house in Indiana exploding. Exploding. You can see it's already on fire here on the steel when we when we start it. Indiana home explosion kills three people. Seriously, that's huge. Killed three people. Another person was hospitalized. I I don't know that we have any indication of what caused it. 
Surveillance video from an Evansville, Indiana business shows the moment a house exploded Wednesday, killing three people. The cause is still undetermined, according to authorities. Damaged 39 homes. Here you see, this was, a, this was like the picture I saw yesterday. I'm just like, there's no fucking house there anymore. There's no house there. Any, there's just nothing. It is obliterated. The cause of the Evansville, Indiana house explosion that left three dead and damaged at least 39 homes is still undetermined. This is according to Fire Chief Michael Conley. Conley retracted his earlier statement that said the house explosion was accidental. I have to retract the accidental comment, so it's still a cause undetermined explosion. Interesting. Press not even... My God, Patrick's, you're dumb. You're real dumb. You know that? You're just, you're so fucking dumb. Right-wingers are morons. The absolute dumbest fucks walking the planet. RB, are any of those powerful enough to, to do that? It seems like it's got to be like some kind of a fucking gas line or something. I don't know about a gas fucking can. That's a fucking explosion. That's an explosion. All right, here is your moment of cuteness. Four thousand beagles are being rescued from a Virginia breeding facility. Four thousand is a big number, and it's going to take sixty days to get all of these animals out. And working with our shelter and rescue partners across the country, working with them to get these, these poor babies. Ever loving homes. I swear, right-wingers are just absolute fucking morons. Dumbest fucks walking the planet. Oh, yeah. It's a, we don't want to separate them and make them feel alone during this time. This is, if they're not interested. Aww. Didn't like a tennis ball or loved tennis balls. Just really enjoying trying to pull this little piece of the it's a sheer joy to see the look on these beagles' faces as they're exploring a new opportunity, a new journey to a new life. If you're watching on Twitch, you're going to head over to Patrick J Creates. Totally not the Patricks in the chat that's being a dumb fuck. 
This motherfucker makes some art, and you're going to really enjoy him. Don't forget, tomorrow night is the one-year anniversary special of the Friday Night Freak Show. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night with my special guest co-host on the Friday Night Freak Show, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Peace out, bitches.